0: of the Sources Say Podcast, a brand new addition to the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and I am happy to be joined once again by two of the best up-and-coming recruiting insiders in the game, Jake Weingarden of StockRisers.com and Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. How are you guys doing today?
1: Exhausted. I just worked
0: out. How'd that go to you? Were you getting buckets at the gym, or were you oh, no. were you just we, lifting? We
1: was, we was doing lifting today. That's, that's what I'm on today. Uh, I'm going to hoop at 9 tonight, but... I'm exhausted. It's been a week since I lifted or really done anything in the gym. So,
2: which one are you worse at, lifting or
1: basketball? <laughs> just, just know <laughs> if worse means amazing, <laughs> then both. <laughs>
2: How are you, nah, Travis? Doing good, man. Got a another intel filled episode, so we, for, we we kind of we've we been ta- some stuff we've been talking talk a
0: little bit this week, kind of uh, bouncing ideas back and forth with each other, and when we we do have a little bit of something, something to, to bring to the table this week, so we are definitely happy uh, to to be back again. Thank you guys for joining me once again. Uh, last week we broke down the canoe- the brand new commitments of Lance Ware and and Terrence Clark, who they are as players, what their decisions mean for Kentucky, all that good stuff, uh, and then we talked about Jalen Green and Kentucky parting ways, the other. Guard options, some of the visits that UK coaches Have been making over the last week or so uh, If you missed any of that stuff you can find Our our podcast by, by Searching Sources Say or The Sources Say podcast on iTunes or Spotify and while you're At it go ahead and hit that subscribe button Leave us a 5 star review and and uh, we would most certainly appreciate that uh, Today we will be breaking down uh, Devin Askew's upcoming decision in October um, Including the news that he's going to be taking An official visit next week to Kentucky uh, Some new insight that I, I got personally On, on Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga uh, Kentucky parting ways with Josh Josh Christopher. Whether or not Kareem Main is a realistic target target for Kentucky. News on JJ Trainer. New visits. All that fun stuff. Uh, we are going to go ahead and start with ask you uh, because you know this is kind of the the prominent news of, of the day. You know he's he's going to be making his decision in October. Um, Kentucky was actually out to, out west to see him in, in California. For the second time in, in two weeks uh, Yesterday and then today Askew's father actually told KSR That he has scheduled his Visit to or that he has cancelled His visit to Villanova and has instead Scheduled an official to UK from October 4th to the 6th Corey Evans of Rivals.com Was the very first to break that news uh, But that the, People have been talking about it all day long Um, He also took an official to to Louisville on September 1st um, Scheduled trips to Arizona For this Friday, then another unofficial To Memphis right before going to Lexington On August 3rd for the school's Midnight Madness because this is it's the most prominent news from an like an immediate standpoint with this decision coming next next month I want both of your all's takes on where you think he's going you know first and foremost that's the most important part uh and just kind of your take on his de- decision making process kind of where his recruitment started how it's developed and and where you guys think it is now so Travis if you want to start we'll go with we'll go there
2: well first of all I want to say that I think there was some serious uh buzz buzzer for a little bit But I think mostly whenever it comes down to it, I think you'll see that there was a smokescreen in the end. I think he ends up at Kentucky. And I think he absolutely loved Louisville. I saw him on his Louisville visit. He was having a great time. But nobody's going to have a bad time visiting Louisville. It's the best college city in the country, arguably. In my opinion, I think it's number one. But I think this is all smokescreen. I think it's going to end up at Kentucky.
0: And I think some people took the bait thinking it was Louisville. When do you think personally that that the win – because, I mean – I don't think you can completely discount Louisville and what they've done. I mean, you got to give a tremendous amount of respect years. for for Chris Mack and how hard they've been working. But when did when did you kind of sense that tide was starting to shift toward Kentucky's way?
2: Well, I thought it was Kentucky for a while and then there was like a heavy wave of Louisville buzz. That gave me some pause on that. And once I kind of weeded through some things and had some conversations, I've come to the con- conclusion that my final pick's going to be Kentucky and that, that's what I'm gonna stick with. I don't,
0: I don't care what any national guys. Mean, I don't care what any national guys. Are. Now, now Jake, on the other hand, has been. You know, he he's he's kind of gotten a different look on this whole thing. He's talked to Devin personally. He's been around Devin during his visit to to Louisville. He got to see firsthand how much. Devin enjoyed his official visit to Louisville and how much he likes the school and all of that stuff. He's been pretty adamant for a long time that he's he's Louisville bound. He put in a, a uh, future cast on Lu- on Rivals.com for Louisville. Has your stance changed at all? Nope. And nope. why not?
1: Once again, you said it best. I I don't think it's a smokescreen. They've been recruiting him for nearly two years, and the fact that they've Coach Mack has stayed in consistent Contact with him is also very Impressive and I think one thing we're here That you know Kentucky can't really offer him Is that he'll be the guy I think with UK compared to Louisville UK is gonna Land obviously more than one five Star and like the chances of Louisville doing That is not the same as Kentucky's. so what you can offer him is He'll be he'll literally if he commits here he's gonna be The face of the school and face of the program And the fact that he has that shot plus him loving the visit and from what i've heard he's built a good relationship with the majority of the guys that are on the team and that would be here next year or so forth next year as in if he reclassifies which he says he I, won't but I, can we all agree that i think i think he's gonna reclassify?
2: your so opinion on that oh so do i
0: yeah i think i think he wants to play a peach jam I think that's a big th- that's a big point as well because I think you know we've seen players nonstop over the last just two three years we saw Marvin Bagley who was just absolutely adamant said I, there's no way in hell I am going to reclassify stop asking me it's not going to happen and then the second Peach Jam happened he said. Uh, just kidding! I'm going to reclassify. Yeah. And then last, you know, this past year it was Nafali Dante, and you know, just so so on and so so forth. Uh, it happens nonstop. Why? Why do you get the sense that that he's going to reclassify? Where did you know? He's ready. How, how so?
1: You could just tell. You said it yourself. And when I when I seen him, I know it was just an open run. But him going against these college players, one, he was five minutes late, and he just walked on the court and completely not. I wouldn't say dominated, but. He just looks so comfortable, and the fact that he gets on the court and one of the first things he does is defend Sam Williamson in the post. I mean, he just he looks ready, and I know it's just an open run, but he, I think he's ready. So it would be beneficial for him and whatever college program.
2: I definitely think he's ready too. There's not very many elite point guards in this class. He would arguably, arguably be the he's gonna be top three at least, but he could make a run at the top point guard outside of Cade Cunningham. But my counter argument to what you said about Louisville, mm-hmm. I think he would look much better with running the point guard, running the show in Lexington, compared to Louisville with the wing options he's going to have to pass the ball. He's not going to have to score like he's going to have to at Louisville because I think Williamson and War are going to leave after this year. It, it's going to be a, it's a heavy burden to be a. I think he's good, but I don't think he's good enough to lead an ACC team deep in a tournament run. Being the number one
0: option on offense, yeah. And the thing is, he is UK a. U.K. would hide a lot of his weaknesses. He is the perfect steady force on any on any team. He's he's the kind of guy. I mean, that's why he fits so well alongside J- Jalen Green mm-hmm. with Team Why Not and Amari Burnett, uh, Taron Frank. I mean, they like that Team Why Not squad was so good because. Devin Askew was the the constant, stable force leading that le- leading that backcourt. Um, he is not too flashy. He's he's not you know overly athletic. He's not going to dunk on anybody, but he is just such a pure, um, stable, consistent game. He's a knockdown shooter. I mean, the, the dude shot like forty. I mean, you hear all the horror stories of guys that somehow shoot forty something percent in, in high school and then end up shooting eighteen percent at. at in Eybl and Peach Jam, and everybody goes, how in the you know what's the what's the difference there? How come he's such a good shooter uh, in the high school setting? But you know, AAU, this guy, I mean, he's he's an elite shooter at the high school level and at the AAU AAU, AAU level, uh, and at a school like Kentucky, when you have a Ter- uh, Terrence Clark and you have a BJ Boston and and the other options that they're trying to add, imagine Terrence Clark taking the ball over at the wing and and. Teams having to collapse on him driving to the paint and then leaving Devin Askew wide open on on the perimeter. That's kind of where I'm I'm starting to. Um, it's it's just all kind of making sense. Why Devin's so in love I think, with the idea of playing in Kentucky? I think,
2: like I said, I think he absolutely loves Louisville and the idea of Louisville. I think at the end of the day, he knows what's the best business decision. And I, in my opinion, it might differ from Jake's opinion. In my opinion, I think that business decision is kentucky
0: well you in, in, what's what's what you bring up a really good point with that because he did that interview with chris and peak of com phenomenal interview um and they she kind of went through school by school and said okay what is what is it you like about this school what is it like you what you like about this school and he brought up louisville and said family atmosphere i had so much fun i saw, you know, but, so I
1: saw him and coach mac just dying of laughter on the sidelines at the football game and like touchy and like he he looked comfortable with coach Mack whenever they were together and
2: I'll say this if if uh, Mack doesn't land this recruit he's still going to be a problem now that he has an elite platform he's going to be a problem on the recruiting trail for everybody nationally I think he's a couple years removed from having like a top two or three class yeah um, yeah
1: and give credit to their assistants also I've heard from recruits that the assistant coaches at Louisville are some of the coolest coaches
2: how do you pronounce that one's name starts with a g Oh, Gaudio? Yeah, Gaudio. Dino you know Gaudio, yeah. yeah. He I've heard recruits
0: love him.
1: Yeah, so. I heard Recruits love Coach Murray. And I've heard that from a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Um you know, kinda kinda ending this this uh you know, the Devin Ask you talk, um that, that Chris and Peek interview was pretty revealing to me because he was was very high on on Louisville from a fun perspective. He was like, "Man, I had such a blast!" You know, there's a there were a thousand, um, you know, a thousand people that opened gym. You know, if, I can't even imagine what it'd be like at the Yum Center for for a real game. But then we started talking about Kentucky. There was a a sense of um, kind of a business a, a business like standpoint where he said, "Yeah, you know, Louisville was fun. I, I enjoyed my experience there, but." My goal is to get to the NBA. John Calipari knows what he's doing. He he, you know, you can go there and be a one, two, three year player. You've seen guys like Tyler Eulis. You've seen guys like, um, you, you know, just guys that that go in not as surefire one and duns, may not even end up being one and done, uh, and they still have successful NBA careers. And, and um, the, he was just. There was just a little, like you know, a little twinkle in his eye whenever he was talking about Kentucky, and, and I, I thought that was pretty revealing. And, and not long after that was when the Kentucky buzz started getting pretty loud. And um, you know, I, I, I again, you got to give Louisville, Louisville credit for how much they've done with him and all that. But I think at the end of the day, it'll come down to a business decision. Um, and and when he makes that business decision here in October, it will be uh, it will be to Kentucky. Um, And other interesting guard news um, that kind of goes hand-in-hand with this Devin Askew news is the fact that Kentucky parted ways with uh, 2020 five-star prospect Josh Christopher this past week. Um, And, Travis, you started to get a pretty strong feel about this recruitment over the last several weeks. Um, What do you know about how this unfolded, and what does it mean for Kentucky at guard moving forward, factoring in the Devin Askew news?
2: See, I talked to his dad last Monday, I believe it was, uh, on the phone for about 30 minutes. And he was absolutely raving about Kentucky. He was talking about how Josh is built for Kentucky. Kentucky's built for Josh. Uh, how he can fit in at Kentucky. How he could be a rock star on that platform. And how he always plays his best on a big platform like that. So I definitely think that this wasn't the Christopher's decision. I think it was solely Kentucky's. And I think it comes down to they wanted Jalen. They wanted Josh if he was a package with Jalen. And now that they got Terrence, they don't think that Josh and Terrence can work together. Yeah. That's uh, what it seems like.
0: Yeah, and, and you bring up an interesting point with, with the timing of it all with, with the Jalen Green situation because they Kentucky cut ties. Well, it was a mutual, quote, unquote, decision to break up with, with Jalen Green. Um, but the timing, it, that happened the week before and then a week later. So the conversation that you had with Jalen, Josh's dad happened after Jalen Green and Kentucky had their breakup yeah. so this was not a th- these decisions did not go hand in hand um, you know as 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 much as they're kind of seen as this package to do and all that I know for certain that Jalen Green was incredibly incredibly high you know high on Kentucky his camp was incredibly high in Kentucky. They were not very happy with how things ended with Kentucky. They wanted them to be on the list, and they would have strongly considered considered them if, if they had stayed on the list for the whole time. And judging by what you said about your conversation with, with Josh's dad, it was the same situation, that that this was initiated by Kentucky, um, and it's it's kind of... It, it's kind of a shame because, and I, I know Kentucky fans are very high on Josh Christopher and what he brings to the table and, and all that. But at the end of the day, you're not gonna you're not gonna say no to two players like Jalen and Josh if you don't feel confident enough elsewhere. And that's kind of where this Devin Askew news 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 falls in for me. Um, moving on to Jonathan Kaminga, also um, could
2: be related. To the
0: which that's, cutting ties Which that's very big news um, Number one prospect in the class of 2021 um, Kentucky has now visited him twice over the span of the last eight days um, You know, we, we talked last week about how odd the timing of this move was, was You know, along with Cade with Cunningham John Calipari had his speech where he said that We're not just going to be a hat on the table anymore And literally less than a week later He visits... Cade Cunningham first, who is seen as who has been seen as an Oklahoma State lock for a long time. Um, I know there's UNC buzz lately and, and all that, but Kentucky has had not been one of the, the seen as one of the main options for for several months now. Um, and then Jonathan Kaminga, where you you ask pretty much any insider, and, and everybody kind of just assumes that Duke's the leader with him. Um, so with the timing of all this, I just kind of. You know, I went down the rabbit hole last week, breaking down all the connections between Calipari and Kaminga, and I just kind of wanted to um, look at it from from Calipari's eyes. You know, why why are you going all in on this kid if if it seems like a done deal that he's going to Duke? and then I, I talked about this last week that Lance Ware played on the same AAU team. There's a New Jersey connection with Calipari, uh, you know, recruiting countless guys from that area. Um, more specifically, the Patrick School. I mean, MKG, Dakari Johnson, um, and who else was a, a Patrick School kid? Um, MKG, Dakari, and. Mm, Whoever it was, was there, there are three of them. There, there are three guys that, that came from the Patrick School. Briscoe went to uh, the Roselle, didn't he? Yeah, br- right. yeah. Uh, but even still, to that point, there were th- there are seven or eight guys that have signed with Kentucky over the last several years since Calipari has been been here from the New Jersey area. Then you factor in the Terrence Clark being uh, the you know the fact that he's very good friends with Kaminga. Um, they've they talked about building a super team in, in college at Peach Jam. They mentioned it at the, during EYBL. Um, so you know, ever since this news broke that Calipari was visiting the first time, um, I, and that the, when Kenny Payne went up to visit the Patrick School again, um, I just kind of wanted to call around and just kind of figure out what what's going on, see what's see this through Calipari's eyes and and filter through the du- the Duke call, talk, the reclass talk, all of that. Um, and after several conversations with guys in the north northeast, um, guys close to his his high school, just just. Uh, couple different voices to try to like I said filter filter all this out um I learned something very interesting about Jonathan Kaminga and that this duke talk is they're actually a little frustrated about how um everybody just assumes that he is a duke lean not even a lock like that they they're they're feeling that he's he's so wide open that he could commit to any any of the schools on on his list he doesn't have a list an official list, but um he is very wide open. He likes, you know, Texas Tech is an option because he has he has some family ties his there. Brother. uh yes, his his Kentucky has has a lot of ties. There are a lot of schools that that are interested in him. He wants to give everybody on on his list a fair shot. He is completely wide open, uh, and they don't like the talk that that Duke is the the runaway favorite and that they're going to be St. the John, autumn.
1: Saint John's even involved.
0: Saint John's is is definitely involved, but you know some other northeast northeast schools. Um, Um, the fact of the matter is that a decision for him isn't coming until winter at the earliest, likely spring. Um, you know, there's a lot of reclassification talk. I think that it's, you know, in his kind of inner circles that it's expected at this point, but it's not a done deal. He has a couple academic hurdles that he has to clear, but they, there is some optimism on his end that they can get it done. Um, so say he does reclassify, um, He's still three, four months away from making a Decision at the very earliest, he could be a spring Spring commit, um, you know I kind of brought up the idea of You know, the, the Kaminga and, and Clark talk, and somebody reached out to me And said, you know, they're, there's no way they would End up on the same team for branding purposes You know, those are both two you know, two Guys that are trying to be the number one pick um, You know, they're, they're not going to Put themselves in a position where they could both Hurt each other's draft stock because of How close they are, and I think that's just I think that's garbage. To be totally honest, I mean, when I mean, didn't didn't Duke just do that this past year with with R.J. Ham or R.J. Barrett and, and Zion and and then Cam Reddish as Cam well? Cam Reddish I mean, was, yep.
1: an, was the third. He was ranked third going into college in the whole country. Yeah, weren't they
0: one, two, three? They're,
1: no, I think
2: Zion well, fell to
0: like five. Yeah,
1: Zion fell to like four or five. I think at
0: one point they were all considered one, two, three. Yeah. But regardless, but, it was considered the the they were the, the top three. The top Reddish head. was
1: like. Reddish was didn't get as much buzz as he did in high school, and I think that's what happens when I mean the super team things are cool, but it could affect draft stock, and it's not a good. Well,
0: life. and that's kind of so when when I was reaching out and asking people about it, I was like, how much is this guy? He's obviously aware that he's the number one player in the country, that he's go- he could start for a, an elite college team right now and, and be an instant impact type guy. Um, and I kind of just brought up that idea of, okay, he talked about being a super team. Is Calipari doing all of this, kind of setting up this, okay, um, say Devin Askew at the one or in a in a, an ideal world, Cade Cunningham at the one, Terrence Clark at the two, B.J. Boston at the three, is – Jonathan Kaminga type of guy that would Step in at the four and join something Like that and I've heard that he is He is a type of guy that would be more Than okay sharing the ball with those Guys they said you know you some one of the most underrated aspects of his game is that he does so much off ball. He is not a ball dominant guy. He can go, you know, if if Terrence Clark wants to take the take the game over, he can go get an offensive board or he can grab the defensive rebound. He can make an impact on on the defensive side of the ball with, you know, grab a steal, grab a clutch block. Like he's one of those guys that just wants to be an instant impact player no matter how he does. It doesn't have to be he's a he scored 53 points in a game against Kate Cunningham during AAU's. But he's also a guy that could, you know, Grab twenty rebounds in a game. He's he's just one of those guys that can do everything all over the floor. Um, there is a lot of confidence that around his people that they don't care who's there because they know how good he is. They know what he brings to the table. Why would the number one player in the country, you know, with all due respect to B.J. Boston or even Terrence Clark, why would why would Jonathan Kaminga be scared about question. be scared about what B.J. Boston brings to the table?
1: Would you rather? Have Kuminga, Clark, and Askew over guys that are already in twenty twenty. Well, Clark's in twenty twenty, but As how any many? T- how many guys are they going to take?
2: So Kuminga and Askew over guys in twenty twenty. How many? Well, I think they're the most realistic option. I mean, of course, I think you go with. Well, I mean, Caden kind uh Caden Kuminga is kind of a wash to
0: me. <laughs> my my thing is, if you get Kuminga, who cares? Like who I mean, to be totally honest.
2: We could run that team.
0: Come on. You get Devin Askew, who we talked earlier, who is a just a stable force. He is the kind of guy that thrives with those type of 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 players who you get a Kaminga who can take a game over whenever he wants, a Terrence Clark who can take a game over, BJ Boston can score at will. You get a Devin Askew where where you know the the, all your wings they collapse in the middle and leave Devin Askew wide open. He's a forty five percent three point shooter. I mean that It to me on my end, watching Calipari from afar, it definitely looks like this is how he's trying to set this thing up. He's trying to get commitments from Devin Askew next month, get him reclassified to 2020, make it official, so that can be his pitch moving forward. He can have Devin, Terrence, and B.J. Boston locked up as your one, two, three, and then say, Kaminga, here's your, you know, this this can be your team now. You are the one missing piece on this team, and then at the five, shoot, who cares? I mean, and then you,
1: Cade, and then Cade goes to UNC. Sure,
0: and and I would ha- you have
1: Kuminga than Cade? Absolutely, ten yeah. times out of ten. You would as agree. much, and,
0: and you guys know how much I like Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is the best guard in, in the class. I mean, by by far. But you're never going to convince me that Jonathan Kuminga would not. I mean, that is the that is the superstar player that Calipari has been looking for. Terrence Clark can be that type of player. He's a top consensus top five guy, but Kaminga is the number one pick, no matter where where he goes. I am that high on his game. He's and still
2: really raw, too. Any right? like just started? Well, playing. he just
0: started playing a couple years ago, and he's already putting up fifty three points against Cade Cunningham in in EYBLs. Like he he is that guy that can just score a million points. He can grab a million rebounds. He can block a million shots. He's just one of those guys. He's six eight. 215 pounds strong as an ox just can he's one of those just plug and play guys you put him anywhere his his people believe that he can he can thrive in any system any setting and yes Kentucky is one of those systems that he would thrive under and people around him are not pushing him to Duke they're not pushing him in, in, in any specific direction that's part of where the frustrations kind of came from is that they 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 want this kid to make a decision based on him and him only, where he thinks he's the best fit. Could he that end up being Duke at the end of the day? Absolutely. This is this is not me on a soapbox saying he's a lock for Kentucky and all that stuff. I just I just want people See, to be. I in... want
2: to know what's the difference between the New York Rens coordinator, or coach, or whatever went to Duke, graduated Duke, right from Duke, won a championship. Everybody's conceding Kaminga to Duke because of that mainly, but they had Hamadou Diallo and Lance Ware. They're both are going or went to Kentucky. So, where's the And disconnect? Hamadou
0: Diallo had offers from Duke and Kentucky when he made that decision. So, yes, that is that is an excellent point. This is he could very well end up at Duke, he could very well end up at Texas Tech. I think he is more leaning toward joining a super team like that and 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 kind of taking the college basketball world over, win a national championship in his one year and then get the heck to the NBA. I do think that he is that way, but he at least wants his say in the matter, he doesn't want people around him Making the decision for him, he doesn't want people To assume he's going to Duke just because There are some Duke ties there But John Calipari As we talked about with Cade Cunningham, as we talked about With, with some of these other guys, Terrence Clark Whenever that kind of fell into their lap When that opportunity presented itself Calipari said, you know what I'm going to go ahead and just try to lock up The number one player in, in all of high school Basketball and shoot, he, he dominated against Imani Bates during UIBL this past year too I think Calipari is very, very serious about this Kaminga talk. Um, I would not count out Kentucky at all. I would probably put it neck and neck, put Kentucky neck and neck with Duke right now, if I were being and totally we're,
2: honest. And, and he could definitely still end up at Duke, but I think I agree with you in the sense that it's more open than people. He, just, say needs, he
0: just needs to be able to take his visits, he needs to be able to experience his recruiting process without people in his ear telling him where he's going. And we that's don't know not, and that's not happening. Either,
1: right. He's hey. the number one guy wherever he goes. Doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: He, I mean, if you, like I said, if you were the number one player in the country with his type of skills, would you care who was no, in front of him? There's
1: no point of him staying in 2021. He's, he's already dominant. He's right. already dominated. Not, he doesn't need his recruitment. To, he doesn't need anything else for real. That's I the mean, hardest thing. i have Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Unless he wants
0: to win Peach. When and that's fine. He can still reclassify to 2020 and, and still win the Peach Jam if he wants to. Um, but nonetheless, we'll we'll get off on that. Well, the,
2: the hardest ha- thing that I'm having right now is with this 2021 class trying to weed through what's BS and what's not about who's going to end up reclassifying, who's not.
0: 2021 is it's the most reclassified reclass talk I've ever seen. Be a juggernaut yeah. at this point. I've ever seen. Yeah,
2: because you're going to have like the 20th best player that would have been top 10 a couple years ago at this point.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's 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 crazy weeding all that stuff out. Um, have you guys – you know, I, I know I went on a rant um, about Kaminga for, there for a while. Have you guys been hearing anything on Kaminga or – or...
1: A lot of Kentucky talk. The fact that they had staff see him twice was a big deal. That's – and we'll touch upon that with Jayden Hardy. I think that's a big deal. That shows their target, especially like we've been saying, the staff is not going to go see somebody unless they think they have a chance. We touch on that every week, so – did you
2: mention Nick Richards is the other Patrick Squirrel?
0: That the is. That, Squirrel? Thank, thank, God. Squirrel. thank God. Yep. Thank uh, God. Yeah. Patrick Squirrel. Nick Richards is the guy.
2: The uh, But, yeah, Cal Perry's got a bunch of deep ties up there, mm-hmm. um, regardless who the Rens AAU guys affiliated with. But, like like you all said, uh, Cal Perry's not going to go up there just beating around the bush if he thinks he doesn't have a serious chance. And, you know, w-
0: w- when he's going up there, he's – taking all these pictures with the young kids. And, you know, he's he's kind of doing the big big celebrity Coach K. Yeah. (laughs) But, yes, I I am very high on um, Kentucky being a contender, not as the favorite or anything like that, but I do like Kentucky's chances in in the uh, Kaminga battle. Um, Now we will move on to the Jaden Hardy news, the fact that, A, Kentucky offered him, and, B, that Kentucky has gone to see him twice over the last – Two weeks. Um, Jake, You, I want you to kind of take over this segment because you've been all over this one. Um, the the very first – you were the, kind of the first one to break the news over the last several weeks that he got the offer, that Kentucky's been visiting, all that stuff. Tell us what you know about Hardy as a player and his recruitment.
1: I think that he's the number one combo going in the country for a reason, and I do think, like we said with you, I do think he's ready to reclassify, but Kentucky will have an assistant and again tonight, and then Cal saw him, I think it was last Friday, right?
0: So, yeah, something like that. It was
1: definitely last week, but he's very talented. I mean, his brother's at UNLV, but they're not a serious contender for him. He's had that offer for so long. Um, Arizona State thinks they have a chance, mm-hmm. so okay, um, his recruitment's kind of all over the place. I expect him to take a visit um, with reclassification with him. I think – I do think he's ready. He is the number one go- combo guard in the country. And I think it, – it just – it all depends what happens with Kentucky in 2020. So, see,
2: my thing is I talked to his coach last week, and he's, he was adamant. He's like, yeah, we're not going to reclassify. There's really no benefit for us to do so. And I can see that if it's a, for from a Kentucky aspect because I don't think he would start over the guys that are committed right now. Oh, yeah, on. if he
1: wants to go to UK, yeah. he'll stay in 2021 But unless he believes he could – what do you, that th- you think
2: Kentucky's is leader at this point? We're up there. Do you think? Oh, they're
1: definitely up there. He he definitely was excited when he got that offer, but I mean the fact that they're they've been in twice already obviously shows something's going on there.
2: Well, at this point, he could be the number one player in twenty twenty one with all the reclasses.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: shoot, he could be the you know what is he, seven in twenty twenty one right now. Well, I think six. I think he's
1: he's definitely top seven. I think he's from like six to, top, six to eight. He's
0: a he is a consensus top seven, top eight type player and his coach calls him the best shooter in high school he scored 37 against modern day and he's a
1: he's a walking bucket
0: so on on that note jake what you've you kind of followed his you know him as a player and, and his recruitment a little bit what what do you know about him as a player and what what whatever school he goes to what will they be getting as a player A
1: walking bucket he's gonna take over any offense at any school he lands at i think that if he does not opt to not go to Kentucky, then I think he would be a great fit at Arizona State. I think that's a very big guard school, and I think he would literally take over there and be one and done.
2: See, I don't want him to go there because I want to be able to watch him play. He's you don't get to watch them play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'll be. He would. I'm not staying up till one o'clock in the morning to watch <laughs> a tip off against UTEP.
0: <laughs> On another note, similar to you know in in the guard guard scene, 2025 star guard Kareem Maine. Nobody really has any clue what the heck's going on with this guy. You know, I know ESPN released their latest mock draft for 2020, uh, and he was included. I think he was, what, 25 overall, 26 overall mm-hmm. um, in, this, in this latest thing. So he's draft eligible this, I guess, next draft, um, but there's a lot of talk that he's hell-bent on going to college and enrolling in a school and, and experiencing the college experience for at least one year. What... Do you, you know? I know, Travis, I know you got in contact with his AU coach recently. What do you know about him and, and whether or not Kentucky's even recruiting this kid, whether he has an offer or not? It, you know, It's kind of all over the place. Try to f- lay out the scene for us.
2: All right. I think there's a lot of gray area and a lot of questions still unanswered with his recruitment and where he stands. His coach told me that, like you said, he's helping on going to college, that they've already made that decision. I mean, could they go back on that? Of course. I asked him if UK had an offer. And he said, or no, I didn't even ask him. He, he said, UK offered this past summer after the games in Greece. And then so I said, oh, UK offered? And he said, yeah. But he may have misspoke, but I, re, I re-asked the question. So he said, yeah. So I went with it. But then there's a lot of questions on if he has an offer from him himself and other people around him. But he's really raw as a player still. He's big guard. He's like 6'5", probably 200 pounds, 190 at least. And uh, he's an okay shooter, really athletic, but he's kind of maxed out. He's a little bit old for his age, I believe. Yeah. So he's kind of maxed out where he's at physically, in about in like college and draft evaluations.
1: I I think he's league bound, but to discuss the Kentucky interest, I'll call it interest because he hasn't mentioned an offer. Did you talk to him um, personally? Didn't you? I talked to him personally, yeah, to him personally and they've been following since july when they were up at greece that was in june july right Mm, just around then and basically they asked his aau coach and and his coaches for film and they got film and he said that they they were in contact but there was never an offer and i reached out to him two or three days ago and i said to him what what's new with kentucky and he's like the same that it's been and left it at that and the same that it's been as in what we've been talking about which is the film and they've been in touch whatever but Maryland and Georgetown are on him the hardest right now. Maryland was and went to see him when he played overseas and was the first one there and then he his only official visit was to Maryland in June. So and a
2: reminder that Canada Elite is a U team is Under Armour and Maryland's, Under, Maryland's Armor. Under Armour. And his back to his coach his coach said that he hasn't talked to Maine in a few weeks. I think he's been doing other things so who knows i'm gonna yeah, try to text him again
1: i think he's league bound regardless i mean the feedback that everyone's hearing on him nba wise it's hard to turn down and you said his age i mean might be best for him to go to the nba if he does go to college i think he'll end up at maryland if you're a first round pick go get that guaranteed money facts
0: yeah i mean it, it this very first mock draft he's 25 26 if he in you know in these upcoming camps and you know however he i don't know what what he's gonna do over the next several several months, Na- you know, in terms of a national exposure per- perspective, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure his team will be involved in some in some pretty prominent uh, recruiting events and all that stuff. So I mean, you could see his stock boost to, you know, top 15, you know, that type type of level. And if if he gets into the lottery range, there's yeah. no way he's gonna turn that it's, down. Even no matter how much he wants to go to college, there's no way you turn that th- turn that down.
2: It's a it's definitely not a deep class for all those there late first rounders that could play themselves up higher, because being older. If he goes to college and is mediocre average point guard, he's just another year older than next year and next year's draft looks a lot deeper than this year, so I bet he
0: ends up going pro. Moving on to 2021 top 3 wing Patrick Baldwin. Um he also received a visit from Kentucky this week, earned an offer from Kentucky back in in August. He's a 6 foot 8, you know, super silky smooth scorer. Um what what do you guys like about his game and and I know Travis you've been digging into his recruitment as well. What are you hearing on that front? What do you start with his game and then go with with his recruitment?
2: Well, I think a good comparison for him is a Kevin Knox type of player that is a better shooter and has a much higher ceiling than Kevin. Um, pretty silky smooth, like you said, shoot the lights out. But pretty effortless, right? Yeah, yeah, he looks like that. Looks like he's not even trying out there. Really, really smooth with the ball and without the ball. The um, on the recruiting front, though, I've reached out to people around him without much response. So I'm gonna keep digging with that, but there has been some Kentucky buzz. If you have not heard it,
0: yeah, I mean, so to kind of get background on that, he's been not necessarily a Duke lock because I mean, a lot of his his picks on Crystal on his 24/7 Sports Crystal Ball have they they're pretty old, um, but he's 100% listed to Duke right now. Um, but one thing. It, it, the, the Kentucky buzz has kind of gone hand in hand lately with the news that his AAU program, Phenom University, recently partnered with former Kentucky wing Tyler Hero, actually, and they're called, they're actually now called Phenom University Team Hero moving forward. So Kentucky, uh, you know, Kentucky is is involved with that. From a from a branding and, and sponsorship standpoint, because of, of Tyler Hero himself, um, I, I've heard that Tyler is is very vocal within that um, that AAU program. Now he's you know he's talking to their AAU coach and and he's he's kind of trying to give back to back to the kids right away, trying to you know kind of give them a, a good role model. Uh, you know he's a lottery pick in the NBA, looking like a very promising rookie prospect. Um, Trying to create that you know good role model for you know immediate role model that they can you know if you if you follow these footsteps. In, in my footsteps, not necessarily to Kentucky But just in, in general um, You know, you could be a lottery pick one day like me um, I've, I've heard he's been He's been very uh, influential in that Program, and that's kind of gone hand in hand With this Patrick Baldwin news I know he's he's also teammates um, Phenom University also has Jalen Johnson Who is a Duke kid uh, He committed to Duke um, This past summer um, there, There's a little bit of re- reclass Talk with, with Baldwin um which that could go hand in hand with going to J, uh, Duke with Jalen Johnson, or you know, if Kentucky doesn't end up getting Kaminga, um, they could end up making a strong push for for Patrick Baldwin in a reclass situation. Are, are you guys hearing anything any reclass buzz with him?
2: I'm hearing reclass buzz with everybody in the top 25. <laughs> well, 20 I 20. know we just talked about that. It's, the, it uh, just seems
0: like everybody everybody in the nation's wanting to reclass.
2: I haven't heard anything concrete for me to really say, so I'm gonna try to figure out more before.
1: I think I think he'll end up reclassifying, I'm going to Duke.
0: So are they even going to have anybody left in the class of twenty twenty one? Or actually, you know what's going to happen? All the twenty all the twenty twenty two kids are going to end up reclassifying to twenty twenty one, and this this whole uh, this whole process is going to re- restart uh, next next year. Um, we'll we'll move forward with the 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 kind of recent news that that North Carolina. They picked up a big commitment from Walker Kessler this weekend. Um, he took an official visit to the school, and that gave them two five-star centers in the class of 2020 with Daron Sharp already committed. Um, Armando Baycott was a, a five-star McDonald's All-American um, last year, uh, but he's not seen as a one-and-done type guy. Garrison Brooks was a four-star power forward back in 2017. He'll be a senior this coming year. Um, so that'll potentially be three five-star centers and one four-star power forward on the roster. So the question I have for you guys, um, with this, with this commitment, commitment of Walker Kessler, what does it mean for UNC's recruitments of uh, Isaiah Todd and, and Greg Brown?
1: Um, I'll first touch upon, I think it impacts De'Ron Sharp more than any of these guys because I think that De'Ron Sharp's at Mount Verde now and obviously Cade being a target. I think that Dayron I'm not saying Dayron wouldn't want to play with Walker Kessler. I think he'd rather be paired with with um Cade than Caleb Love and then I think Zaire Williams is a name I've heard a lot.
0: And with that on that note, uh Caleb Love is set to make a decision. He's one of the top guards in the nation. He's set to ma- make a decision next week. Uh rumbling rumblings go- growing louder and louder that he'll end up in North Carolina. So you gotta factor that that in as well with the Cade Cunningham news. So you know building on your point and kind of asking you what what does Caleb Love's decision likely to commit to North Carolina mean for Dayron Sharp, Cade Cunningham? You know kind of the whole the whole scene.
1: I think that has a major impact on Cade. I I think that if Caleb ends up at UNC, then Cade will go elsewhere because obviously Caleb's a five-star guard. He's not yeah. going to ride the bench. You know, so I think that if you get Cade, uh, if you get Caleb. Cade will end up elsewhere. It's my opinion.
2: My thought process on this is, if they're taking, if they're set to take a commitment from Caleb, of, they're they they do not feel good about Cade Cunningham, and if North Carolina doesn't feel good about Cade Cunningham, I doubt Kentucky does. So I'm interested to see if Kentucky visits Cade Cunningham
0: anymore, because I think at this point I think he ends up back at Oklahoma State. But well he he also is taking his official visit to North Carolina this weekend. So the fact that that's still on and he's all over Instagram and all over social media talking about it and kind of saying, you know, what's what's good Chapel Hill? You guys excited for me? There's, all that stuff.
1: There's a lot of there's a lot of hype surrounding Zaire Williams, De'Ron Sharp, and Cade Cunningham. That that's what UNC fans want. Um I'm not saying they wouldn't take Caleb Love with Walker Kessler and who else, but I mean if you want to put Isaiah Todd in the mix, I think if Walker Kessler and Dayron Sharp are there, where is Isaiah Todd going to go? Overseas. Right.
0: <laughs> well, that's I think kinda, that's where you go. That's kind of right. the 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 talk of – My
2: thing is uh, you can get a Walker Kessler type anytime you want. I don't know where all the North Carolina stuff came from because he was a Duke log <laughs> like a week <laughs> that ago. Was pretty, but
0: that was pretty he was, awesome.
1: He was a North Carolina lock like five months ago, and then it switched. to It, it kept changing.
2: The uh, – but if you're set to get somebody like Isaiah Todd, possibly because they're the perceived collegiate leader for him right now, or possibly Greg Brown, I don't know why you take Walker Kessler and muck that up. And, and potentially, and
0: potentially ruin ruin their chances with for for two, inarguably better guys. I mean, there's there's no debate that that Kate, or Isaiah Todd and, and Greg Brown are better players than Walker Kessler. Which does bring up a good point about. Isaiah Todd going overseas. Uh, it's kind of you know it's kind of interesting that That's what I was This past this past spring there was reclass talk really really heavy in fact those close to him thought that he was making the jump like they were they were feeling pretty confident that they were gonna make the jump he ended up not I think his his mom ended up making the final call with him uh, his mom is is a very loud very prominent voice in, in their in his recruitment she you know he obviously loves and, and you know uses uses her as, as a mentor with all of this stuff um, so she ended up making helping make that call. When it was all Kentucky If he had reclassified to 2019 It was all Kentucky back then Then this summer The Kentucky buzz was still there But then the overseas buzz Started kind of trickling in A little bit Fast forward a month or so uh, Then the overseas talk is now extremely loud um, And you know The North Carolina buzz was still was still factored in But yeah, all, all in all it, The overseas talk is, is definitely the, the prominent noise right now But with Greg Brown it seems like that Kentucky buzz is growing louder and louder here. louder and louder with him that that there are kind of genuine worries with him that Shaka Smart won't be I was, there next that's year what I heard. that Texas Tech is is or that Texas is is going to have a mediocre year this year and that it, if and when that happens that he's leaning Kentucky is Travis is that kind of
2: I think know? that if you're wanting an elite uh power forward I think that's definitely your best bet cuz like I said I think Isaiah ends up overseas or north carolina somehow the uh but yeah shaka smart he's a he's up to his neck in hot water so i think kentucky's sitting pretty i think he he's deciding in the spring ain't
0: he yes yep so i think that's
2: set up perfect i think kentucky's getting all these guys in early i think they get ask you next month and then you go all in for him with for him in the spring and Kaminga
0: you (laughs) i mean it it the the how this could all unfold is they already got B J Boston and Terrence Clark. You get Devin asks you to run the one. You say screw it. Let's let's go all in on on Jonathan Kaminga. See if we can get him at the four, and then go to Greg Brown at the very end of the day and just say, dude, they're gonna be. They're going to be attacking all of our wings, you know, at at the rim, leaving you wide open for lobs. If you're not wide open for a lob, Devin Askey's going to be wide open in the corner for an, for an open three. Like there, that lineup is one of the most deadly you could even possibly dream of. So I I mean, if I'm if I'm Greg Brown and I'm deciding between my comfort level with with Texas and and Shaka Smart and a guy that might not even be there in the spring. Versus what could be there at at Kentucky, you know, with with that potential death line up, and even if even if Kaminga doesn't end up in Kentucky, say go all in with Patrick Baldwin and have him be as another uh, shooting threat on the outside with with Devin Askew combined with B.J. Boston and and Terrence Clark is is you know other. If I'm
2: Kentucky, I show North Carolina a picture of Nasir Little and a picture of Shaka Smart not doing anything, <laughs> and be like, all right, look you can come here and be the bam autobio of this team just be the athletic big that does nothing but he's not as bulky as bam but plays the same type of super athletic mhm
1: what was bam drafted 13?
2: Yep, lottery. Yep. Lottery and he shot maybe six, 5 6 times a game
0: and yeah, four of those he, were dunks. Yeah. I mean it's all aligning very very well. There's, you know, you can take some pieces out and add new pieces in. Things could shift just ever so slightly, but all in all, at the very end of the day, like Kentucky, they they are feeling pretty pretty freaking confident about how this Greg is all un, all this un, uh, how this is all unfolding. Not necessarily Greg Brown, but I mean Greg Brown on top of everybody else. They're they're feeling pretty well, confident about how this is all unfolding. When was the
2: last year that UK had as good of a class like in the rains? In
0: the early signing period. Never. Had three. They've had four have, four signings in twenty twelve, I believe, was the and I think they had that was when they had Anthony Davis, MKG, uh, Kyle Wilcher, and Marcus Teague. That was the last time that they've had four and what happened in twenty twelve, they won a championship.
2: They're gonna have a top five player this year, two top fifteen players in Ask you, in my opinion, and B J Boston. Then you're gonna have a fringe five star. And then solid
1: solid returners, too, right?
0: And then
2: Cam Fletcher. And then if you return Keon
0: Brooks. At that point, you return anybody on that team, and it's, it's, I mean.
1: I'll admit that's scary. Oh, it's
0: it's scary. Uh,
1: I think with all these guys, though, that Kentucky feels good about, I think Kentucky's the best platform for them. That's one thing with Greg Brown. I, I know staying at home in Texas is very intriguing, but I think if he goes to Kentucky, he's a lot a lock for the lottery.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're so we're going to end this show once again with Bardstown's own JJ Trainer for a guy that's a four star prospect. Man, he is he is dominating the airwaves and and uh, all the internet you know websites and articles and stuff like that. I mean, this is a guy that is booming. Um, just news just keeps coming out about this kid. So Travis, I
1: got some scoop on him oh, good just, even better he just had virginia tech and cincinnati stop at his workout you guys probably virginia would.
0: tech loves him you, yeah yeah cincinnati you. does too uh travis go all in on what what's the latest with jj trainer
2: all right i talked to buber barge head coach he said that i asked him who's gonna offer first kentucky or louisville he told me yesterday kentucky he said he said as of right now he thinks kentucky offers first he said kenny Payne was absolutely blown away with his upside with his jump shot. He's, they're not worried about his weight. They said you can put on weight whenever you get to college. Um, they were talking about his crazy wingspan, how he can guard threes and fours and some fives. He's 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan. They said you can't teach that. And They're just in love with his upside and his hard
0: work and skill set. And apparently Kenny Payne called John Calipari yeah. during the middle of the workout and said, dude, you got to come in and see this kid, yep. and sparking. You know, when Kenny Payne comes to visit a kid, it's it's it, it means something. When Kenny Payne feels a need to call John Calipari and say you have to come see this kid, and when John Calipari comes to see a kid, it's serious. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that an offer could be on the horizon. I actually heard from uh, from people kind of in the in the Kentucky AAU circles who they think that he is going to be an early signing which doesn't necessarily bode well for Kentucky because they well, you know but if so this but, could this could spark Kentucky he said, to Co- he said
2: coach Cal is supposed to come back I, he said very soon so he told me that this past weekend or this past Friday I believe so it could be this week it could be next week who knows
0: but it's right up the road for him so yeah definitely and and, and somebody else told me that they think that um so Xavier offered trainer last week as well And because of the Chris Mack Xavier, um, you know, connection there, that Louisville was going to be very, very soon. They're going to step in line and and offer offer as well. So, I've heard about that. So the fact that I've heard that Louisville could be quick to to pull the trigger on an offer, but Kentucky's might be even quicker to pull the trigger on, on an offer. It might it, be. Neither it either might, one would surprise me. Really, it, it might work out in Kentucky's favor that um, that he he makes a decision this this fall.
1: Louisville had, I think it was two or three coaches at one of trainers' workouts. You you guys would know that better than than me, but um, I I heard it was a six thirty a.m. workout. Yeah. yeah. And they were blown away. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard.
2: Every school that's went to see him has come away really impressed. I think a lot of schools are just want to see him in in game action. And, and that's that, the only that? in game action he's really dominated so far in his. Basketball career is the AAU stuff this past summer, so
0: so that'll happen this November, right? Um, yep. And and signing period is in November, so it'll be a tight squeeze if they want to get it get uh, a commitment done in in the fall period. Um, but I mean, if you're if if you're a trainer in, in in Kentucky and Louisville, say, hey, give us two weeks until when when the basketball season starts before you make your make your decision. You're not going to tell them no in favor of WKU, right? I mean, I mean. You, you're going to listen to Kentucky and Louisville and say, okay, well, if, if, if an offer's on on the table here in the next He's couple Western's weeks. He's Western's crown jewel for this class. Right, and that's kind of, that's kind of where the early, early talk came from, because everybody just assumed, okay, well, WKU's in love with him. Rick Stansbury is just going all in on this kid, because they know how good he could end up being. Um, so it's kind of a race for them against Kentucky and, and Louisville to try to lock this kid up uh, in the coming weeks, versus giving Kentucky and Louisville just a couple, just just a little bit of time to make this happen, uh, where where they could be in contention for a commitment. Um, so before we, uh, with that, we'll we'll end it there. Um, we'll we'll wrap it up. Why don't you guys tell everyone how to find you on social media and where they can find your work?
1: StockRisers.com and once again, I apologize. Cardinalsports.com. <laughs> amazing site. <laughs> no, amazing site. What about on Twitter? At Jake Weingarten.
2: with the. Verified check, by the way, for you. <laughs> Not so much for me. I'm on Twitter at Trav underscore graph. You can find my work at Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. And I also have another podcast that covers all UK stuff and national sporting news. It's called the Cat with a K Scan Podcast.
0: And with that, uh, we will be back next week for another jam-packed Sources Say podcast. We will see you then.